This is the Lion's Edge presented by BetMGM, a very quick post-Elite 8 pre-Final 4 episode Monday morning. Uh, initial thoughts on the numbers and splits for Kansas, Villanova, Duke, North Carolina. We've already seen some movement, uh, some interesting splits and numbers across the industry. I made two immediate plays when those numbers were posted, one in each game. Kept it pretty conservative. Uh, I didn't want to smash them that early for a Final Four when we're still, oh, at the time it would have been a full six days out before that. For those of you listening on Monday, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago that you have a pick you feel great about. We're going to the NBA. We haven't done a lot of kind of offshoot picks the last couple of weeks. What game are you looking at for tonight? Kings at Miami. The The Kings are catching like 12 and a half points here, which just feels like a lot. I dug into the numbers a little bit, and the numbers say that my gut is correct. The Kings actually played them earlier in Sacramento. They won outright, despite the fact that Miami was playing much better at that time, and the Kings were a home dog. Miami has lost their last four games. It is very obvious something is going wrong there with the Heat culture. We've got fights between Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolz just breaking out like mid-game. Miami is 1-5 in five against the spread when they are a favorite of between 11.5 and 14.5 points. This number should be closer to 7 or 8. Like this, The Kings are obviously not a good team. But 12 and a half is too much. I've got a system on Bet Labs that flags games that are kind of in this range. Big dogs on the road. They cover at an astronomical rate. So Monday night, best play of the night, I think, in the NBA is going to be Kings plus the bucket load of points. Maybe they went out right and uh, keep adding to Miami's troubles right now. But I think this is probably a loss but cover situation. Like, how are you quantifying that? And I know that all of this stuff that we talk about, it comes up a lot during college football season. Uh, when a coach is fired, how do you quantify that effect the next week? We talked about it with the LSU-Will Wade situation in Iowa State. I know that's a completely different situation, but it still kind of falls under the same bucket of you and I have no idea what's actually going on in Miami in that locker room right now. Have they smoothed things over? Are there bigger issues than on the court? But even, So you mentioned that in your handicap, but are you confident in knowing how to quantify that relationship within the locker room actually on the court tonight, though? It's an interesting question, and I think you could make the case for this handicap without mentioning that at all. I think one of the reasons I do mention it, and I do think it's a factor, is when you look at Jimmy Butler specifically, like this is a guy that tends to have beefs in the NBA with his own team, going back to Philadelphia, going back to Minnesota, going back to Chicago. And you've seen some of those play out more dramatically at times. Like I'm thinking of the, you know, the practice and the jump stuff in Minnesota before he gets out of there. Uh, some of them have been maybe a little more under the radar, like the Chicago stuff. But I think the point is, like, the fact that this is a known thing, that this is like a known Jimmy Butler beefs with people, makes it, I think, more of a thing and less likely to blow up over after a couple of losses. I think in this case, you have to start thinking bet against Miami till you know they have it right. And then, so you have that idea, you have that factored in, and then you add in all of the other mathematical ideas about how this is a valuable spot for road dogs. This is a valuable spot to go against Miami because when they're handicapped in this zone, they don't perform well, one and five against the spread. Uh, this is a valuable spot to bet on a Kings team that is, I don't want to say they're hot because they're like 25 games under 500, but they have been playing kind of well of late, their last 10, their last 15 so I just think at the confluence of all of those ideas is a good pick. You can add in the Butler stuff if you like. You can subtract it. I think either way, it's a good play. Let's do 10 minutes or so on the Final Four. Uh, very unsurprising. I think we all knew that if it was North Carolina and Duke, that probably would be the late game. 
that is the case. Uh, Villanova, Kansas, the early game. That one's at 6.09 Eastern Saturday. North Carolina, Duke, 8.49 Eastern or whenever that game ends. Uh, right now, Villanova, Kansas, the number is at 4.5, total 132.5. I'm guessing that most of our conversation right now will be around that spread of 4.5, but the total at 132.5, I think that opened at 131.5, but I have to go back and check. Moneyline right now, Kansas 190 and Villanova plus the 155. If Justin Moore for Villanova had avoided the major injury because immediately, even though Jay Wright said it didn't look good, uh, we still didn't have that MRI, I think, for 24 or 36 hours. If he was going to be available, I thought this number was going to open at Kansas minus 2.5 if he was able to avoid that major injury. Uh, obviously, he did not. He's now out with the torn Achilles. And that number was posted at 3.5 uh, right at the end of that Kansas-Miami game. I took Kansas immediately. I was very surprised that it didn't open at four and a half, uh, especially after that dominant second half for Kansas, kind of that team that we've all been waiting for to see this tournament. We saw that in the second half of the Miami game. It opened at three and a half. It went to four and a half pretty quickly, I think within hours. And the public right now on Kansas, I get it super early. We're talking around 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday. So this game's barely been open for, what, 15 hours or so. Uh, using Bet Labs across all the major books. As of this morning, 58% of the tickets, 79% of the handle is on Kansas. Uh, like I said, I'm on Kansas minus the three and a half. Kept it pretty conservative. Uh, I didn't want to go too all in, uh, being still six days out from the game. But I'll, I'll re-look at these numbers and then maybe come back and re-up. Uh, might look at this total a little bit. What are your early thoughts on this? Did you take any early positions on this game at all? I didn't take anything early. I'm not sure I'm going to take anything at all, but if I'm betting it, I think Kansas is the side. I just, I think um, you've talked a little bit like through the years that we've done this about how you're just kind of waiting for Kansas. They're kind of due. And that's never a reason to, to bet in a single game situation, but I do feel that. And it does feel like Villanova now may be shorthanded. Like you're, you're talking about two really good coaches, but is this probably the limit of what this particular Vill Villanova team can do? Going to the Final Four is a pretty good run. I don't think there are very many people outside of Philadelphia that think that this Villanova team is better than this Kansas team. So I think Kansas is the right side. You're getting it under five and a half. So I would, I would lean Kansas. Right now, no plans to take this, but that might change as the week moves on, depending on you know some of the, some of the trends that I see. I would say if you want to bet this and you want to bet the Kansas side, like you need to bet it before it gets to five or six. Like that's it. so I'd say do it now versus doing it later and changing your mind. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna move to five or six. You know, right now Monday morning, the, the vigs on both these are minus one ten. It's interesting that you bring up the do comments because I think that we had talked about that right before the twenty twenty tournament was canceled, and then a little bit afterward, we had the whole Dayton Kansas conversation about who lost more in the tournament. And I agree with you. And we we talk a lot about trends and when you should start betting against them because at some point the market's going to adjust and all that kind of stuff but i agree with you that you know history says they're due when you have a blue blood that goes 14 years in between titles and i think that 2020 might have been that team that could have done it usually you don't see that very often when you go back and look through duke and kansas and kentucky and north carolina generally the four most accepted blue bloods i don't know if i'm using that to bet kansas here uh, I just think with more out, I think that Kansas can attack Villanova in so many more ways than Villanova can attack Kansas. This is 100% a basketball decision for me. I'm very curious to see where these splits kind of settle on this. Again, like I said, 58% of the tickets uh, on Kansas, 79% of the money 
And keep in mind that the volume is very low right now. As of this morning, again, about 11 a.m. Eastern, 6,300 bets have been placed for this game. Uh, I don't even know where to ballpark, where it will end up, but I'm guessing it'll be north of 50,000, probably even closer to 100,000 bets for this game. So something to keep in mind. Uh, anything else for this game before we quickly do Duke, North Carolina? Let's move on to the ACC grudge match. Duke opened at minus four and a half versus North Carolina. It's still at four and a half for Duke. Uh, the total 151 and a half, Duke minus 200 on the money line. North Carolina plus 165. I took North Carolina immediately at the four and a half. Uh, that number has not moved. Like I said, 60% of the tickets, a modest 52% of the money on North Carolina. This is pretty simple for me. If, if you're giving me four and a half points with this North Carolina team right now, playing as well as they are and playing a team that they beat just a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm just going to take that. I, I consider the money line at 165 and maybe I will go back and take it. It's right at the bottom of that sweet spot that you've mentioned the last couple of episodes and on Twitter spaces at the four and a half. But if you're going to give me the four and a half, I think that because Duke is just a tiny bit overvalued right now, and, and just a, a literally a tiny bit, maybe a point of overvalued right now, I expect this number to open at two and a half or three and a half. So if you're giving me the four and a half, same with Kansas and Villanova. Right now, this is 100% of basketball play for me. Uh, as we get farther into the week, I'm very curious to see if the money starts drifting toward Duke, like I said, 60% of the tickets, 52% of the money on North Carolina. Very curious where those numbers move. Uh, but right now, I am on North Carolina at that four and a half. Probably also not a play for me. Uh, certainly not the spread, I don't think. How much did the first round hurt you? Like, did it, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Did it hurt you as a, did, as a person? I did end up betting more second week stuff that i initially God. thought i was going to i just don't are we like gonna, are we gonna games. have a podcast anymore <laughs> i just don't like either of these games that much i don't think there's a lot of value on the spread that said this game to me there is one bet if you're gonna bet this game there's one bet to make and it's carolina money line that's it that's the bet just, like you and you said it they just played a couple weeks ago carolina won duke has been just like marketplace wise overvalued for the last two or three weeks. If you've been betting them, you've been making money, but that doesn't mean they haven't been overvalued. So you take Carolina here at the plus 165. I don't have it on, in front of me, but it's it's in that zone. And I would also think about, th this is uh, something I wanna do a little more research on. I think Carolina first half money line would be an interesting bet as well, because like we, we, we talked about this more over the weekend when we were doing spaces. Duke has not played very well this tournament. They have closed like maniacs but they have not played a great like opening 30, 35 minutes. That Arkansas game was probably the first complete solid game I think they've put together. Um, and, and it's still not like they were awesome for 40 minutes. I mean, it's college basketball. That's kind of rare. But it's the best game they, I think they've played throughout the tournament. I think Carolina money line is a very strong pick. I think they could, even if they don't win the game, I think they could be leading at halftime because that's kind of what we've seen from Duke. They didn't cover the first half spread against Michigan State. They didn't cover the first half spread against Texas Tech. Uh, they did against Arkansas, I want to say. Uh, and I don't think they covered it against Fullerton, but now I'm going back several games and I'm not I'm not 100% sure. The point is, uh, Carolina Moneyline is where the value is. And I think strategically, one way to attack it, maybe on a smaller unit play, would be the, the first half one. As you talk through that, I'm very curious. I've never taken this bet in my life for any sport 
but where it's North Carolina to lead at halftime and North Carolina to win the game. Mm. So if this is at a lot, plus of, a lot one, of soccer bets like that, a lot yeah, of people yeah. like that soccer. Like, that. I'm just thinking this is at plus one sixty five. You could get them leading at halftime and to win the game at plus three fifty. It'd be, it'd be an interesting play. If if this is the path you want to go down, I think you have to sprinkle a little bit on that as well as like an added play on top of it. Yeah, I don't think it's me that much farther off than, for example, their national championship odds right now are plus 500. I'd feel better about North Carolina leading at halftime and winning the game at plus. I would guess it'd be somewhere around 350, 400, 450 than North Carolina plus the 500. I still think North Carolina plus the 500 for national championship is, is probably the best value out there. I bought a very small ticket when they were sitting at 2,200 about a week ago, uh, right now Duke plus 160, Kansas plus 180, Villanova plus 475, and North Carolina plus the 500. Anything else before we wrap it? If you're going to buy a futures ticket, I think you buy North Carolina, just on the value. I mean, there's four teams left. If if three of them are, are there, then Carolina's at, at five to one. Like you buy the Carolina ticket just mathematically. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about? Uh, I, I pulled this aside from from Ben Heisler on Twitter at Benny Heis. Do you want to talk about odds to get the first Chris Rock interview? In, any interest there? If not, we can just end it. <laughs> you good? I'm good, man. We will be back before the weekend. Uh, I'm guessing Thursday. I'll probably drop a full Final Four episode. I'm guessing Wednesday night or Thursday at some point of this week. Uh, also give our thoughts on potential national championship lines for each potential matchup, what they might open at, what you should look for, things like that. But thank you for dropping by for this very brief episode of The Lion's Edge presented by BetMGM. We will be back later this week. <laughs>